You're saying that Messi will be cheaper than the robots. Probably now, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Weird Eye Podcast, where we talk about uncommon AI applications. We are your hosts, Adrian Spotaru and Bogdan Andrusa. And today we will talk about sports and football. Joining us today, we have Valentina Putz from Striker Labs, where she will talk how their company uses AI in the field of football. So before we start the episode, just as a disclaimer for our American audience, when we talk about football, we're referring to soccer, the European version of football. But all AI applications, they can be used in American football, in soccer, and generally in other sports without big changes. So stay with us. So Bogdan, when we talk about sports, we kind of have to distinguish two things. The first side is the inside business and outside business. Could you... Of course, because we are talking about sports as industry, not just a particular game. So there's AI applications that are aimed on enchasing fans' experience. And there is AI applications that help players and trainers to understand the game better and increase their performance. So maybe before we talk about how AI is used to improve performance of teams and players, maybe we can talk briefly about the outer side of business. We could start out by talking the different ways that sport companies make money externally. So the, the four main ones are um, ticket selling, so revenue from, from the venues of the stadiums and so on. Then you have media rights, where you get money from media companies to broadcast the sport and you have sponsorship and merchandising where companies put their their in your merch <laughs> their logos or around the venue and the merchandising of course you know the t-shirts of your favorite players so do you know any applications where this is used so for me personally the media applications are the most the closest to the heart and here it's usually uh, computer vision comes into play where the cameras that record the game are enchased with AI, with automatic tracking of the ball to bring better coverage. And then in uh, generating automatic highlights, which help editors to do their job uh, faster. Furthermore, this is during the game. AI is also used before the game, actually. So you have things like chatbots, which are used like in Facebook Messenger, but other applications. For example, the NBA. They actually partnership with a company called Sapien, which they have an AI artificial intelligence chatbot. And their purpose is to answer fans' inquiries about the game, about the franchise history, and so on. And they've sh- shown that it re- increases revenue and attention rates in their customers. Um, furthermore, you also you've talked about like automated highlights of the game. After the game, there also journalism goes on, like commentary and stuff like this. There's an AI application called Warsmith developed by Automated Insights. And it is an AI-driven platform that translates hard facts from a game, like statistics and stuff like this. 
and converts them to like actual news articles. It automates the process of a journalist in sports. <laughs> yes, but you know, <laughs> uh, there's always good examples of applications and there's some sometimes failures. My, one of my favorite failures in this topic was when the AI camera that was trained to track a ball was the tracking head of a ball referee and the whole game it was just focusing on him. <laughs> but there is a really successful case. It was IBM Watson they, for a tennis tournament, Wimbledon 2019. They made the system that would pick up really great moments in the game and make highlights on it. And the funny thing, how they trained it, they made, it was a classifier and they used like sound of audience as indicator. So like if people would go like, oh, wow, that would be indicator for a machine learning algorithm to pick up this specific moment and suggest like, oh, something happened here. <laughs> Reading the crowd reminds me of this story where this horse would do math if you know like in the early 90s i think there was this horse where it could do math like math calculations and they figured out that the the horse couldn't actually do math but it was just reading the emotions of the people when the when it saw the horse was writing the right answer everybody was more shocked and then you would write in the right answer so i think the ai is doing similar in that regard just reading the crowd if it's the right answer Exactly. So, is AI better in reading crowds than horses? That's the article that we should look into. <laughs> uh, back on topic. So, that's generally applications outside the game. But what about inside the game? In the beginning, in the early 80s, 90s, even there we have some examples from baseball in the 60s, where they use statistic learning to do either like prediction in the games, like predicting the outcome of a game, but also stuff like how well a player played and stuff like that. One of the examples I can give you is statistic learning in penalty shots. So there's a lot of research of like, how do you shoot a penalty shot? And in that regard, there are papers on like taking all the penalty shots ever happened, know where it was shot, which players they were, and based on that information, they could make a model which tells you, depending which player it is, which goalkeeper it is, where you should shoot the ball to increase your chance of shooting a goal or defending the goal if you're on the other side of the team. And uh, you may think, well, like, why, why it's around penalties and not about whole game. It's because football... And other team sports are really complicated games because there is a lot of people uh, doing different roles. And the scoring in football doesn't happen a lot of time. You have a lot of matches, you know, ending 1-0, 1-1. And you cannot just uh, evaluate performance of players based on that one score. So people have to come up with different measurements. Uh, for example, how many meters the given player run or how they were active or the ball control and other other small metrics so and with now with different variable technologies people can record more and more and evaluate players uh, better and understand players better yes 
So statistic learning can bring you so far, especially for games like football, where the number of goals are very low compared to basketball, where the number of goals are high, where you could actually extract more useful metrics than, and values than in football because it takes so long and the, there's a whole build-up to a goal and it's not like, oh, I shoot the ball and it's goal, right? Um, so in that regard, you need more information, which you said, like, we cannot track players and this is where computer vision comes in, where you can do pose detection, how the players are positioned. After that, you can do stuff like activity recognition. Are you attacking, defending? Uh, what strategy are you employing? And with that information, you can make better predictions on how good players are, and so on. And uh, I believe for coaches, it's extremely helpful when such system can pick up some nuances in the behavior of their players. So the coaches don't have to sit and watch game over and over, focusing on one player to understand what was happening there. If there is a good AI system, maybe it can pick up some nuances that are not immediately recognizable by just looking from outside. So what you're talking about is actually how to employ game theory based on that information. So the DeepMind and Liverpool the football team Liverpool, published a paper called What AI Can Do for Football and What Football Can Do for AI. And the paper itself doesn't really only apply for football. The general concepts apply for all fields. So we talked about in the beginning about statistical learning where you can predict maybe the outcome of a penalty kick based on some statistics. And the big issue, as you mentioned, with like statistical learning is that especially games for football, where there are a lot of things where, which are happening until the goal happens. You need to somehow track the players and so on. So Liverpool and DeepMind define several frontiers. So the first frontier is game theory and statistic learning, where they would use game theory based on the statistics to tell you where you maybe shoot like a penalty shot. But as we learned, this is not enough. And this comes the second frontier, where you combine statistical learning with computer vision, allowing to use the video in order to forecast player and team behavior directly, further improving understanding of the game and why certain things happened. But then what you're talking about is the next frontier, which is frontier number three, where you combine game theory with computer vision. And it focused more on generative models where you could predict based on the visual input the future, right? Based on the statistics of the game and the video, what's going to happen next. Based on that information, you can already build something like, not recommend the system, not the ideal world, but somehow help the coaches to learn what happened, what will happen. And if they would change something in their team behavior, what would happen instead? And this is a very new frontier, which has a lot of challenges. And it's also not only an industrial challenge where, you know, startups need to be funded to make such projects, but it's also a re big research challenge since you have so many moving components with making it even harder to do. So the way you can solve this problem to bring help coaches and team members to improve, the first thing is to really master the second frontier, which is this statistical learning computer vision, where you need to find a way based on the game information and the video and stuff like this to find a good representation. 
So if you think about convolutional networks, you would take an image and you would convert that image through a convolutional network to numbers. What if you also have some maybe sound data? You say like crowd maybe information, right? Go crowd going wild. Maybe you have some information like the weather, the wind, the mood, other factors. This turns it to a multimodal problem. And this is a very challenging thing because how do you combine all these features together in a meaningful way? And this is still outgoing research because if you don't have a good representation, if you don't understand what's going on in the game, how can you even predict the future of it? Yeah. So, as you say, like predicting the the future game is a hard topic, and it, it is in development. But there is applications that help us understand the game now, and that help us judge the game better, helping referees to detect if there is foul or was the goal crossed the line or not. And this is very important because I remember when it was Euro 2012 and Ukraine played against England, the ball crossed the line. It was a goal from Ukraine to England, but referee made a mistake as human do and said that was not a goal. But now there is a computer vision system that help us to see if the, the ball crossed the line or not, and also to detect if, the, if there was a fall of, or if there was some misbehavior from players like touching a ball with a hand and uh, things like that. But this is not only in football. We also see this also in tennis. The technology has been already available where computer vision, you can detect if the ball was out of bounds and you can referee the game better than where the human cannot really exactly pinpoint where the ball landed on the field. And I know for tennis that this technology become really accessible. Now you can buy a camera that costs like $199, I guess, and you just put it on a net and it will do exactly the thing. It will detect you if the line is crossed or not. So this is already happening now. AI is helping us play our sports. We all always talk about like the game and how to improve you know, the gameplay and so on. But we also have to think about the players themselves. Especially you know, players, they get injured and you have things like recovery time. Actually, there was a study on this by the Florida Atlantic University where scientists trained like machine learning algorithm to predict how long the players take to recover. And based on that, you could plan better as a team what you can do, but also determine what program they need to do to recover better. And there's more startups which work in this field of recovery, but also like, you know, on the player itself, on their health. And one of those startups is actually Striker Labs, a startup in our city. And we're going to have an interview with them. Today, we have a special guest. We're talking with Valentina Putz. She's head of sales and marketing at Striker Labs. Hi, Valentina. Hi, nice to meet you. So could you tell us, what does your company do? Um, Labs is a company in the football sector, which tries to combine data from the past and use it 
to um, make predictions about the training control and training load. And our goal is to um, minimize the injury risk and to calculate the individual injury risk. Yeah. This is very interesting and with Adrian we discussed a lot about how uh, different solution can be applied in this business but what is really interesting for me how people in sports industry react to the implementation of AI do they accept it or do you have to push them? Um, well um, now it's very difficult the most decisions in the football sector are very intuitive and it's um, hard to compose that this is a new way um, in football and um, a lot of people do not know a lot about it and they are say, a lot of afraid. Um, they are afraid that they have less power in the future and that they get replaced. But um, we have said there is a huge gap between top class and lower class. Because in top class, um, there are um, mostly own data analytics departments, and they work very professional. Um, they um, already use it. Um, it's just a lower class that are afraid of it. Now, now, because you said that, um, I'm curious, what do you think will be the future of sports and AI in that regard? Um, well, we believe that um, AI in football is the future. Um, because um, in the future, there will um, come trainers, which are very open-minded technologies, and um, we believe that it is a static process that the AI input will come for sure. Clubs, they already use it. So also your, your clubs will use it in future. It's just a question when they use it. Um, but we believe um, that in future they see the advantages of the um, AI. And I can also come to our vision, because our vision is that we want to combine the um, strength of the machine learning algorithms of the computer and the strength of the human beings, which is mostly um, cre creativity. Um, and we want, um, with that combination of the two um, parts, we want to um, provide everyone that they can reach their potentials this is one of our visions yeah i think uh, people have fear all, all the time when it comes to ai that they're afraid that ai will replace them but as you said it's just to help them to do their job uh, in better way and yeah <laughs> And what uh, do you think in futures football will be played by robots trained by different corporations or will there be a place for people in football? Well, um, we believe that this will never happen because um, sport is very emotional 
and um, people feel connected to sport and especially um, to human beings. And so therefore we do not think that this will ever happen. It's just a problem that the people maybe feel offended by the technology and um, we want, uh, we have to build a bridge between the technology and the people. Yeah. Well, thank you, Valentina, for coming today to our show. Uh, and also check out the show notes because Strico Labs are hiring machine learning engineer. Yeah, we are looking for a new machine learning guy or girl. Yeah, because um, it's a process we want to develop um, our company. And therefore, we need um, new guys with are specialists in this area. That was an interesting interview, Bogdan. With talking with Valentina, what are your so thoughts about AI in sports overall? Uh, for me, it was great to hear that big clubs are already using AI, and if the big players are using it, small players will realize it, benefit of it, and more startups will find their way in the terms of sports and AI, and uh, it will be, will be a norm in industry to use AI tools for different purposes. We talked like only positive effects of AI in sports, like, oh, look how great it is. Do you have any fears or things you could think that could be potentially have a negative impact? Uh, I mean, as the fears of... I don't think it would be. No, not really. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a hard to think like how bias can be introduced in sports. It's kind of not obvious. Okay, I'll, I'll start the conversation. So there's also AI application in assessing what salary a football player should receive. And this particular paper called Computational Estimation of Football Player Wages, they assessed that Lionel Messi is actually the most overpaid football player. So maybe there could be a bias there that some players are getting more than they're actually worth. And the way the model worked is that based on their player performance and all kind of like player-specific values, it showed that, well, you know, Lionel Messi is overpriced. That I already, I reading the paper, I already saw a big problem. It only assumed performance of the player, but it didn't consider the marketing value of Lionel Messi as a player on all, you know, the considered, let's say, the social media and all the other marketing power Lionel's player brings. So by building models and forgetting certain information, you can already add bias on how well the player is worth in the market and stuff like this. So I could see that when using AI to improve players or like identifying players which are not good, they're because it's not considering all the things, it might discriminate other players and it's not their fault just because AI didn't consider all factors. Yeah, but we cannot remove bias from decision-making because now it will be human bias, emotional bias. Coach has a bad relationship with a player, so they decide to keep them on a bench and stuff like that. 
it's a goal that we should work for to make AI unbiased and uh, really good at decision making, but it won't happen overnight. Uh, we will make mistakes on the way. There will be improve continual improvements, but if we don't start, you know, implementing it in place, we won't notice those problems be beforehand. Because especially for researchers that have to work with the data that available now, they 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 cannot predict all the biases. But personally, I'm waiting for the robot Olympics, where the Boston Dynamics will build their robot teams that will do all the cool stuff, and then like robot against uh, humans, uh, football, and other sports, and then eventually just different AI in companies building their sport teams competing against each other. I could see it like German-engineered robots, Bayern München robot team, <laughs> Bayern München robot team versus Japanese Toyota robot team. <laughs> German versus Japanese manufacturing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I, I think that 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 will be a thing, but it's more robotics than AI. So, but it it. I think it will be cool, cool and funny thing to watch. We already see big teams in in esports. Maybe this is not so far fetched, Bogdan. It's just robotic technology. It's very expensive now, and it would be too much to make robots play football at this point. You're saying that Messi will be cheaper than the robots? Probably now, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't. laughs>